San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 12.50. I am James Pledger. I am joined by my guy, Jack Thompson. What's happening, buddy? Not much, brother. Just excited to be at it again. Oh, excited to be at it again. You know why? Because football is oh, back, yes. baby. So excited. I saw a lot of things in that Hall of Fame game where nobody played. Yeah, that made me very excited. Just <laughs> having football back for oh, real yeah. with NFL players, I am stoked. Cowboys training camp fully underway. We spent the whole week covering it. Of course, you can check out everything we did, all the videos, all the interviews. Stephen Jones, Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones, Osa Digizua, uh, Terrence Steele, Dennis Houston from Warren High School here in San Antonio who's turning heads, and a lot of people talking about Dennis Houston. We'll talk about it as well as we continue here on The Blitz. It's all available at sasportstar.com. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Dallas Cowboys training camp coverage brought to you by Texas Cheer Liquor, Cowboys AC and Heating, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Head to sasportstar.com. Check out all the latest on our Cowboys training camp page with everything the guys did out there. And, of course, on Instagram at SA Sports Star, where you can see the guys and all their kind of things that they've been up to while they were out in Oxnard. Just checking in on the Cowboys, and we'll talk about that coming up a little bit and how confident or concerned are you as we get ready for Cowboys training camp. They did make a big signing, adding a four-time Pro Bowler to the roster in Anthony Barr. And Jack, I know you're excited about that. Very excited, yes. That's going to be huge. I've watching football this week gave me that itch. And I don't mean that itch, I mean the fancy football itch. <laughs> <laughs> I've started like thinking about late round sleepers all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I've started thinking who are the hidden gems? Who are some people to keep an eye on as we get ready for the NFL football season because it's here. Fancy football is here, and we got to start thinking about things like that that we can do. Also, not to bury the lead, but we've got tickets to give away to go see Kevin Hart this Wednesday night at the AT&T Center. Two chances to win tickets. We'll probably do one in the 7 o'clock hour and one in the 8 o'clock hour. So just stay tuned all show long. We're going to get you tickets to go see Kevin Hart live out at the AT&T Center on Wednesday night. You've been Kevin Hart fan? Oh, yeah. I've been Kevin Hart fan for a long time. I love his movies. His stand-up's funny. I, I'm i wondering if I want to score tickets to go to this because it's a Wednesday. It's in the middle of the week. Mm-hmm. He's got a sold-out show later that weekend. Yeah. This was a second show that was added mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. the sellout. But yeah. I'm wondering if I was if I just need to suck it up and go out Wednesday night and get ready for a long Thursday. <laughs> It doesn't sound too bad to me. I mean, I have Friday off, and I'm heading to the coast after that. Nice. So maybe I will. That might not be a bad. That might not be a bad thing. What's your favorite Kevin Hart movie? Favorite Kevin Hart movie. 
That's tough. Because I think his movies are pretty funny, too. I really like Get Hard with Will Ferrell. Yeah, that yeah. movie is pretty dang hilarious. Anything with Will Ferrell is always great. Yeah. Uh, I I always love the rundown with the, the Rock. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, man, there's another one. Jumanji is funny. I actually, because Jumanji means so much to me when I was littler, uh-huh. you know, that came out when I was a kid, I found it hard to, like, embrace remakes of movies or continuations of a story, possibly. But I really did enjoy Jumanji, both of them. I thought the next level... Mm. Mm-hmm. And and the original Jumanji with uh, Kevin Hart was really funny, especially seeing the fact that they're basically not who they look like they are. <laughs> About Last Night with Kevin Hart is a really good one, too. That was a good one. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I he... love I love the barbs between him and The Rock mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah, they're, they're hilarious. That tortilla challenge they did together was... <laughs> freaking so funny right oh man but stay tuned later this hour we'll give away a pair of tickets and then in the eight o'clock hour we'll give away another pair of tickets right here on san antonio sports star 94 1 fm am 1250 but jack i started talking about fantasy football and it's got me juiced it's got me juiced for the season i've already started making a couple moves it it prompted me to make a trade in my dynasty league <laughs> That's how excited I am about fantasy football. Um, Yeah, I ended up moving Melvin Gordon and another piece for Marlon Mack and a draft pick. Nice. So I'm very excited about Marlon Mack. We'll talk a little bit later about the Houston Texans. And if we could really expect a surprise from them this year, because they're predicted to be one of, if not the worst team in the NFL Mm -hmm. this year. But could they overperform? Could they be a surprise team? I'll explain what that means coming up. Of course, news across the NFL. Mitchell Trubisky is doing Mitchell Trubisky things up in Pittsburgh, from what I hear. Per usual. Of course, Deshaun Watson news as the appeal of the six-game suspension by the league is in, and Roger Goodell not overseeing it himself. Could this force the Browns to make a move? We'll talk about that coming up. Players and coaches that are on the hot seats. I know we've talked before about Tua Tungavailoa. Are there any others that possibly could be playing for their, if not their job, their NFL careers? Yeah, there's definitely some QBs out there. Players, yeah. Right? yeah, there's a handful out there, QB-wise, that need to have a good year or they're going to find themselves as a backup on another team next year. Yeah, this is a this is a prove it year for a lot of people including quarterbacks because next year's draft is loaded. So teams are going to probably be easier to move on this year from a quarterback than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Daniel Jones. Yeah. <laughs> or as I've seen him dubbed clumsy Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Freaking Danny Dimes. Oh, man. Uh, the Spurs made some news this week. They picked up Trey Jones op- uh, or guaranteed his contract. Mm-hmm. And you yourself the other day were on Locked on Spurs with Jeff Garcia. It was indeed. We're going to talk about what you talked about. Keldon Johnson 
what his role on this team is moving forward, what we should expect from him, what he's working on this offseason to improve his game, and who will actually lead this team. And I don't mean lead as in be the superstar. I mean lead as in be the point guard. I think those are some interesting questions as we get closer. We'll talk about that at about 745 and UFC made some big news the other day. Plus, we get to react to last week's awesome fights. Couple of quick ones. And main event did not disappoint. Oh, yeah. The main event was fantastic. <laughs> Although, probably my favorite fighter since Conor McGregor in his heyday is just announced a fight. And I cannot wait now. We're going to talk about that coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. But first... Is there anybody, anybody, because I know you've been mock drafting like crazy. Oh. I know who you are as a person. Is Dude, I've done. 800,000 mock drafts <laughs> since <laughs> July, which was eight days ago. I do like a couple every day. <laughs> Is there anybody you've specifically got your eye targeted on this year? Oh, Is, yeah. Are there players that you're like, man, I want this guy. Mm-hmm. I may even take him around early if I have to. Yeah, definitely. Uh just running down from each position. Mm-hmm. Quarterback-wise, I think there's definitely some good sleepers. I think Derek Carr could be a pretty good sleeper in a late-round pick he, for a QB. He always is. Mm-hmm. Like Last year, he was a sneaky, legit quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Trey Lance could be a sleeper. We don't really know. I think know. Trey Lance could, yes. Uh, Matt Ryan, new system, has Jonathan Taylor to just you know lean on. Then Pittman to throw to. I think that could be a good situation. And, and then, Alec Pierce. Remember, they took him mm-hmm. in the second round out of Cincinnati. And then uh, also, I think Zach Wilson could have a pretty dang good year. I do, too. I really like the weapons they've surrounded him with this offseason. I yeah. like Brees Hall to pair with Michael Carter. Yeah. I really like the receiving core yeah, now. Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore, I think, is oh, going he's to be a, a monster. Yeah, he's one of my sleeper receivers for sure. And Corey Davis, and then they they brought in CJ Uzuma and mm-hmm. and bolstered the tight end. They've given him weapons. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got a lot a lot of weapons. So jumping to receivers, like I said, Mike Pittman has you know a very reliable quarterback. Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore. Uh, I think DJ Chark moving okay. to the Lions. I think he could have a really good year. Uh, Gabe Davis from the Buffalo Bills. He had a monster playoff game mm-hmm. with like. 400 yards and four touchdowns to end the season. And with Cole Beasley gone, obviously that mm-hmm. opens up targets for him. You got Rashad Bateman stepping into the number one over it for... Uh, Do you trust him? I think... Yeah, I mean, I think I I would pick him in a later round. I think, later round. Yeah, okay. he's a, he's a going to be their number one receiver. So I think if you can snag him in, you know, like round six or seven, something like that. Okay. I think that's a, a very solid pick. And that's I think that's about where I got Jamar Chase last year. And in one crazy. of my keeper leagues, we get to keep mm-hmm. one. He's gonna cost me a seventh round pick to keep him. Easy. I'm giving up Nick Chubb to keep <laughs> Jamar Chase. And then I think the sleeper receiver of them all is Allen Robinson. I think mm-hmm. playing with the best QB he's ever had. He's got Cup over there to really draw Take most of the attention. Off. So I think Allen Robinson's gonna bounce back, have a really good year. Does uh, Stafford's injury concern you? In it does sense? a little bit. It's kind of like what uh, 
Dak went through his kind of that pitching elbow type thing. It's an MLB but injury. Dax was a shoulder. That's yeah. So I'm worried about the the elbow mm-hmm. because you're talking about Tommy John. You're talking about yeah. nerves. You're talking about tendons, and that's different than just a tired shoulder. Yeah. Uh, some running backs. I think Najee Harris is oh. going to have a phenomenal year. He did last year. Yeah, I think he could jump into easily. You know. Next year being at, you know, one, two, three pick. So I think mm. Najee Harris, uh, Elijah Mitchell being the one over there mm-hmm. for the 49ers. They got rid of Mostert. There's a lot less Jeff depth Wilson's over there. Still there. Trey Sermon's still there, though. They're going to, they're going to give it to everyone. But I <laughs> think he'll be leaned on way. the most. Oh yeah, he'll be their one. You got the, the both the running backs, I think, in, uh, Seattle. Could be sleepers. Rashad Penny. Oh, Penny We've... was blowing up at the end of last yeah. year. And then if Penny goes down, Kenneth Walker, fantastic handcuff. Yeah. Uh, I think James Cook over for the Buffalo Bills. I will tell you this. Watching the Hall of Fame game and seeing how uh, Josh Jacobs is always hurt mm-hmm. and never practicing. and yeah, yeah. It, it, it always feels like a labor with him, even mm-hmm. when he is on the field. And yeah. he is good when he's on the field. Don't get it twisted. Zamir White looked really good in that Hall of Fame game. Yeah, right? he did look good. Um, and seeing as they didn't pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option, mm-hmm. this is his final year, I could see them transitioning to Zamir White this year. So Zamir White... Of the Oklahoma uh, Las Vegas Raiders, keep an eye on him. I would say that if you're looking at probably not first round running backs, which yeah. a lot of you, you know, once you once you get past the running backs because they dry up quick at the top. Oh yeah, those are names you got to like Kenneth Walker, like you said, Isaiah Spiller. I think could be a very good, you know, late Handcuffed round pick. To yeah, who's always hurt anyway. Yeah, exactly. Handcuff to Eckler, fighting Texas Aggie. <laughs> Yeah, I think Isaiah Spiller could have a good year jumping into that number two. I already mentioned how I went and got Marlon Mack, thinking he's going to have mm-hmm. a pretty good year yeah, this he year, could. especially with uh, Kenyon Green, mm-hmm. you know, Titus Howard, Justin Britt in the center, Laramie Tunsil back from injury. Like the line has gotten better, therefore the running game I expect to get better. And his handcuff, Damian Pierce, Pierce yep. is a Moss. freaking running. He's yeah. a uh, wrecking ball. He runs mean. <laughs> he runs. runs mean. Violently, <laughs> I think yeah. When you go in handcuffs, I mean Brian Robinson over for Washington. Mm-hmm. He, I, they he never is... seem happy with Antonio Gibson, so I think he could, you know, kind yeah. of sh- bite into that apple and for sure. Alabama running backs do yeah. have success in the NFL. What about Travis Etienne? Yeah, I think Etienne could jump in and have a good year for sure. I mean, James Robinson's hurt right yeah. now. He's also very limited in what he really does he's Mm -hmm. really just kind of a between the tackles kind of guy agreed and uh etn is a much more dynamic player you can can put him in the slot you can release him out of the backfield for routes and you can he can bounce outside and get stuff done so yeah i think travis etn another good running back sleeper uh for tight ends i think kyle pitts could just absolutely explode this year that could be a guy that I end up taking maybe a round early. Yeah. I, I like well, Kyle I think, Pitts a lot this year. I think that year. round early is like the second, the, third round. Yeah, it's probably the third round. Um, 
Cole Komet for the Bears. Okay. He had a huge target share last year, and mm-hmm. that was already with. It is just him and Mooney out there. Yeah, exactly. So Cole Komet could be really leaned on. Irv Smith, he was supposed to blow up last year, and he did for a little bit, but then he got hurt. So I think he could have he could be a late round tight end to snag. Um, Hayden Hurst moving over to Cincinnati with mm-hmm. CJ Ozama leaving. I've seen that he's fitting in seamlessly with the game plan. Yep. So that could be a big one with all the attention the receivers are going to get. And then uh, Austin Hooper jumping over to the Titans. You got Robert Woods coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. They lost AJ Brown. They really don't have anyone to throw to out there. So I think Austin Hooper could really jump in and, and make some noise at the tight end spot over there, too. Do you expect Dalton Schultz to yeah, I, I expect continue Dalton, to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he'll have a season a lot like last season. Really heavily leaned on, especially in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. when uh, you know Mike Gallup's still coming back. James Washington's out, and uh, you know besides CD, we don't have anyone on the team that's caught a touchdown. So, yeah, I At, think Schultz could. As we talk about the Cowboys, let's get into that a little bit further. What we've seen at camp, Anthony Barr signing, what it means, and Love. how confident are you in the Dallas Cowboys this season making a postseason run? He is Jack Thompson. I am James Pledger. You can follow us on Twitter, of course, at I am Pledger and at Jack underscore Thompson thirty three. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and AM 1250. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! The Dallas Cowboys play here. Touchdown, Dallas! San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson as always. You can what follow up? us on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. And of course, you can follow the station at SA Sports Star. Coming up at the end of this segment, for all those early morning listeners, those ones that tune in and get up early just like us, yep. I'm gonna just reward grinding. You. I'm, I'm going to reward you. Our first, set, our first set of Kevin Hart tickets will be given away once we're done talking Cowboys here in this segment. So get them phones ready. Get them phones ready. 656 ESPN, 656 3776 on the Kiel Bossa Bacon phone lines. We'll give those away coming up at the end of the segment. Or if you just got something to say and want to get it off your chest, of course you can dial the Kiel Bossa Bacon phone lines at any point in time. Of course, the star has been in Oxnard all week long. They have covered it front to back. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, AA Best Bail Bonds, Dallas Cowboys training camp coverage brought to you in part by Texas Cheer Liquor, Cowboys Air Conditioning and Heating, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. They have gone front to back, side to side. They have sat down with Dak. They have sat down with Steven. They have sat down with Jerry. They sat down with Terrence Steele, Dennis Houston, all of it, Mike McCarthy, Christy Scales, Brad Sham. We've gotten so much access. Oh, yeah. It is phenomenal. I, God, wish the Spurs were more like the Cowboys sometimes, but that's another story for another segment, I think. Initial thoughts are things are looking good for the most part, right? Oh, yeah. 
things are looking really good. They signed, yeah. they they finally did what we wanted. They signed someone. They signed yeah. four time Pro Bowler a Anthony very, Barr, very meaningful signing. Who is coming off a career high three interceptions last year, yeah. by the way, and he looked like his Pro Bowler self last season. He did. Uh, played in 11 games, so injury is a concern, much like Leighton Van Der Esch. Luckily, we're very deep at linebacker. Very deep at linebacker. And the fact that it gives you the freedom, I believe, to move Micah Parsons around and continue oh, yeah. to do what you did last year, that linebacking core with Micah, Anthony now, LVE, who played really well oh, last yeah. year. Oh, yeah, he, played, he, he saved looked, his... His he Cowboys looked like his tender. first yourself. Yeah, he, he, the Wolf Hunter was back last season. He looked healthy. He stayed healthy. Yep. And then Jabril Cox, who's coming off that ACL, who flashed last year. Yeah. I think this is one of the deepest positions on this team. Oh, I think it's easy. I think it's easily the deepest position group. I think it's the group. best position group in the league. Yeah, I can't think of a better linebacking core than what the Dallas Cowboys have. There are some, I mean, I don't even, I can't even honestly tell you that any linebackers are better than Micah. I mean, there are some that are, you know, as good or Micah's as good as them, I guess, since he's young, but they don't have anything behind their first guy. Like we have two multi-time pro bowlers Mm -hmm. that are considered our second and third best linebackers. Mm -hmm. And any team would be very happy to have that. So yeah, I think linebacker is going to be a great, uh, position group for us this year. Position of strength. Oh, very much so. A position of perceived weakness, though, however, is the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. You have C.D. Lamb as the only person on the roster who has caught an NFL touchdown after James Washington goes down mm-hmm. with an injury after C.D. Lamb and he got tangled up in the end zone and he suffered, I believe, a Jones fracture yeah. in his foot. So he is I've out. had one of those, too. He is out for... It was reported six to ten weeks, Mm -hmm. and then we saw a report, or actually not even a report, Stephen Jones literally said, you can go listen to it at sasportstar.com in our Best Bail Bonds Dallas Cowboys train camp coverage page. Stephen himself said eight to ten, and then CD in an interview at camp said, yeah, I just heard about it. That stinks for him. It's going to be... 8 to 12. <laughs> so, reports were initially 6 to 10. Steven mm-hmm. went 8 to 10. And Amari said he was told 8 to 12. Yeah. So, it'll probably be 10. Two months. It'll probably be 10. I would imagine 10 weeks. We're looking at two months. And we still mm-hmm. don't know about Michael Gallup. We know he's out week one. But we don't know about anything past that. But from what Michael Gallup said... Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like he's as close to returning as the Cowboys think he is. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely err on the side of caution, for sure. Don't rush him back for, you know, any reason. Just, it's a long season, and we are also in what is not a very good uh, division. So you can afford to definitely wait and see with Michael Gallup. So that begs the question now. At wide receiver, how mm-hmm. confident are you this season? Because you're dealing with a lot of unknowns. Uh, I would still say I'm confident just because of Dak Prescott. He's that good that I think he can make guys look 
really good and help them to move along very quickly, especially with all the reps they're going to get. Tolbert looks phenomenal mm-hmm. in all the vi- camp videos I've seen. Big, real strong. He reminds me of Gallup, honestly. Not like overly athletic, but athletic. Not overly fast, but fast. Fantastic hands and good feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ Vasher has looked real good in camp. That's a big 6-6 receiver mm-hmm. with a huge catch radius. And uh, Simi has looked pretty solid in what I've seen in camp too. So, And then we have... I haven't seen any videos on him, but everyone is raving, including Dak, about Dennis Houston. Mm-hmm. And you can hear Warren Dak Boy. talk about him mm-hmm. at SA Sports Star. Dak, Steven, Jerry, all three talked about him and really gushed over Dennis Houston. Uh, also, Christy Scales said that he has been the surprise of camp. He's getting reps with the ones. Mm-hmm. So, while it's a lot of unproven guys, when you have... You know, Dak, who the past two seasons flirted with breaking all-time records, I think it, it'll very much even itself out and we'll be fine. And uh, then you, you that allows us to uh, also move Tony Pollard into the slot a lot mm-hmm. and have him and Zeke in the, in the game at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think when you go Tolbert, Pollard in the slot, CD out wide, Dalton tight end, and Zeke in the backfield. That's still pretty dangerous, uh, you know, skill weapons. So, yeah, I'm not overly worried. It's definitely a big question mark because, like I said, all these guys are unproven. Unproven. But I think we've seen a lot of unproven receivers come sure. in when they get their reps look really good. So, I think... As a committee behind CeeDee Lamb, I think it'll be fine. He is Jack Thompson. I am James Pledger. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the wide receiver group coming up. Is CD ready to be a number one? Jack and I will discuss that next along with, has the NFC regressed to the point where the Cowboys are a major player in the division despite the questions at receiver? We'll talk about that next coming up right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. But first... I told you at the end of this segment, we'd be giving them away. Get your phones ready, 656-ESPN-210-656-3776. Caller number nine, you are going to see Kevin Hart out at the AT&T Center on Wednesday. Our first set of tickets we're giving away this morning. We got one more pair to give away after this, but caller number nine, those tickets are yours, 656 Three seven seven six. That is six five six ESPN. If you want to get, go see Kevin Hart Wednesday night out at the AT and T Center, more of the Saturday morning hangover coming up next right here on San Antonio Sports Star ninety four one FM and AM twelve fifty. This is Jason Minnick on your home for Dallas Cowboys football. San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM twelve fifty and ninety four one FM. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I am James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. We going hard this morning. Want to congratulate Kyle. Kyle. Our winner for the first set of Kevin Hart tickets, but don't go anywhere. I got another pair to give away next hour. But 
we were talking about the Dallas Cowboys and uh, fantasy football earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get to Mondo, who actually had a fantasy football question for us before nice. we get back into the Cowboys. Mondo, welcome into the Saturday morning hangover, my man. Hey, uh, how, how y'all doing? Doing good, doing man. Doing great. Yourself? Living the life. Uh, doing good. Early morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Hey, so my fantasy question is, I've been doing a lot of mock drafts also. Um, when If I have, like, the anywhere between the 8 to 12 pick in a 12-man league. Mm-hmm. I, I have a tendency to go, like, 0 RB because – and not complete 0 RB where I'm drafting, like, the, the seventh-round RB as my first pick. Um, I, I go, like, 0 RB a little bit, but it ends up always, like, in the fifth round. I'm ending up with, like, Antonio Gibson or, mm-hmm. like, a Josh Jacobs, and I, I don't I don't feel comfortable about that. I was wondering who who's the RB that y'all feel comfortable, like, waiting on that – Okay, uh, this is the guy that's left. Like that's the the last guy I feel comfortable with as an RB one. Oh, the last guy I would feel comfortable with an RB one. Like going as your RB one, obviously. Like not, he's not going to finish in the top twelve, but you're okay with. Hey, this is the guy I'm going to run with as my best running back on on the team. I would say maybe David Montgomery. Oh no. No, like last guy to be your RB one. I don't trust him to be my RB one. I so I, even you're I'd going even before go that. Antonio Gibson than that. No, nah, I'm taking Demon over Antonio Gibson. Um, because I, I stacked up like you stack up on wide receivers and tight ends, so you have a great wide receiver core. But yeah, well, it's just the running backs that shake me. I understand what you're saying. Um, if I was you and you're picking between eight and twelve, I might go running back with that first pick because that's the only shot you're going to get or maybe your second pick on the turn and try and get, you know, Joe Mixon or Chubb or Swift and then just go heavy on the receivers for the next, you know, the previous round and the next couple. couple. When it it comes to last person I may trust to be my RB1, if if you're going to try and hold off and wait, and that's your strategy to load up on other positions. Fournette. Fournette is a decent one. I also love me some Cam Akers. I think Cam Akers is probably in that last tier of RB1s that I would would, uh, trust. And also Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell. We James just got Connor. done talking about him uh, a little bit. James Connor's a, James Connor had a quiet, fantastic year, and probably the last guy I would trust as an RB one to help kind of lead my team are the last two guys mm-hmm. I would trust to lead my team as an RB one, but they aren't going as early as projected. Probably closer to rounds three, four, five would be Damian Harris in New England. He doesn't provide a whole lot of value in PPR leagues. Yeah. But as a, as a running back, he's right around 100 yards a game, solid within the red zone, gets you touchdowns. Also, I mentioned him earlier, I traded for him in my dynasty league. Marlon Mack is going to get the early workload, I believe, in Houston. All right. Um, and, and reports are he looks like his pre-Achilles injury this camp. The explosion is back. Yeah, and you can wait until get Marlon Mack until probably like fifth, sixth round. Even, I would say later than that. A lot of people just All don't right. know. That help you out, Mondo? Um, yeah, it does. Thanks. All right, man. Those are some names to keep an eye on. Appreciate the phone call. If you got any questions, don't feel scared. 
Hit up the Kielbasa Bacon phone line, 656-ESPN, 656-3776. We'll answer your questions. A lot has been made. We played the audio last week about Amari saying CD's ready to be a number one if he'll be featured within the offense, of course. But I have at least, if not questions, or if not concerns, at least questions if CD can be the number one for the Dallas Cowboys. And hear me out. Are we undervaluing the loss of Amari Cooper? And I say that saying, Amari Cooper, we knew what this receiving core was before they were forced to trade for him. Mm -hmm. His presence helped to shift the defense that opened things up for the other receivers. We don't have a very big sample size when it comes to a uh, CD without Amari. Mm Mm-hmm. We have one game. It was a one-game sample size. In that game, it was week 11 when Amari got COVID against the Kansas City Chiefs in which the Dallas Cowboys did not score a single touchdown. Yep. And that just leads me to at least ponder the question. Everybody says he's ready to be a number one, but is he ready to be a number one, especially when you're talking about him being a number one? with nobody to take the focal the focus off of shutting him down. Yeah. Because he's going into the season without James Washington, without Michael Gallup. Dalton Schultz is the only other entity that has any NFL modicum of success. Mm-hmm. I would say especially now we are underestimating it now that, you know, Washington's down. We probably won't have Gallup. So I would say hopefully we don't, you know, week three or four. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a big loss. You look at what the Cowboys did over the offseason, and we still have the money to pay Amari, which Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense to me on why we gave him up for so little then. And by the way, his contract, in wake of what has happened this offseason, yeah. is a steal. Yeah, he's now like the eighth highest paid receiver in the league. He's only making $20 million? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's definitely, that's. I would say that's our the biggest loss from the team for sure. Like, not even close mm-hmm. would be Amari. And it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be rough for CD. He's going to learn how to have to be an alpha dog and... We'll see how it goes, but yeah, we're. I think we are underestimating his loss for sure. It's going to be a lot more tough now. It's going to be tougher, but are the Cowboys still in a good position just because the rest of the NFC feels like it's coming back to them? You have questions at quarterback with the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. I personally love Trey Lance. He was my favorite quarterback in that draft. Yeah. Uh, so I think him being paired with Kyle Shanahan in that offense mm-hmm. is going to be very, very beneficial and helpful for him. But unproven, mm-hmm. we don't know. Yeah, Matthew Stafford's dealing with right elbow tendonitis in his throwing arm. People are saying they've never seen this with a quarterback. That feels like a concern for the mm-hmm. defending Super Bowl champions when you're talking about their number one position. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost center Ryan Jensen 
earlier in training camp to a catastrophic knee injury. Yep. They have not done anything to replace that. Tom Brady, I think, would much rather lose a tackle than something up the middle because where have we seen Tom Brady struggle the most? And the outside. pressure is in his face. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has Alan Lazard as a number one wide receiver. I personally love Christian Watson. I hear Romeo Dubes is having a phenomenal camp. Yep, but also both unproven, unproven guys. Yeah, <laughs> we're in. Hey, Cowboys receiving core is in a better spot than them. It is because you do have a <laughs> we do have CD. One. Yeah, <laughs> like I will give CD that much. You are, but to be fair. If there's a quarterback I expect that can make it work, it's Aaron Rodgers, even if he is on a psychedelic trip. <laughs> <laughs> that Ayushka, man, he'll that, get you. Yeah, that third eye was helping him see everything. <laughs> but I look around the NFC, yeah, but and there's no even you got, dominant team. Yeah, you right? got the Eagles, who have very good players all around, but then... Who Jalen Hurts, like, are you going to be able to make the throws? Outside I, of fantasy football. <laughs> I saw a freaking hilarious clip of him throwing a five-yard out, and it was mm-hmm. three yards away it, from being catchable. Hold on. I've seen the same thing at <laughs> Cowboy Camp, so you might want to hold your horse. You know that big tower they have? Mm-hmm. I saw a throw hit that. Yeah, no, he, th- <laughs> that was, he threw that out. He was throwing it away. He was throwing it away. Right. I saw the same clip. Yeah, he sailed. There's no way. that. Yeah, he was throwing that away. So I'm just saying, like, they, everybody has a bad-looking throw. Some, Tua Tungavailoa had that underthrow to Tyreek Hill. We have That's yet since worse, seen that. Worse than that. And then you got um, the Commanders. How good is Wentz going to be? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't trust him. I don't trust him either. Danny Dimes isn't going to be very good. No, I... <laughs> Danny Dimes, yeah, he might be the worst starting quarterback in the league at this point. Eh, I don't know, Drew Locke, Geno Smith. There's, uh, yeah, I guess there's so. arguments against. We still have the the unknown that is Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, uh, I think just because. But the NFC East feels yeah. wide open. Like oh, everybody's yeah. come backwards, especially after the. Rams went out and did all these things, and you're like, wow, they've really bulked up even after winning the Super Bowl, and then you hear about Matthew Stafford's injury, and you're like, oh, wait. Let's hold off. Yeah. It's going to be a a very fun year in the NFL. Now, outside of receiver, offensive line also scares me for the Dallas Cowboys because Jason even asked him this. You can hear Stephen Jones reply to, Tyron Smith concerns me because it's not if, it's when. And Mm -hmm. Stephen Jones himself said, yeah, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You look at, you know, the last four seasons probably, he's missed time. So it's not if, it's when. Remember, during the NBA Finals, we said specifically on this show, well, if the Celtics, if Jason Tatum steps up and, and acts like the superstar he he is, Jalen Brown has a big game. If Marcus Smart can contribute offensively, if they can mm-hmm. slow down Steph Curry and, and isolate and neutralize him. And, and we got to a list of about eight or nine things that need to happen for yeah. them to, I feel like I'm doing the same thing with the Cowboys. If one of these receivers steps up to play alongside him, if Tony Pollard can go back to being a, a dangerous slot receiver, 
if the defense can maintain the interceptions and turnovers that they had last year, if the offensive line can stay healthy. It, it's a lot of ifs. There's a whole lot of ifs when we talk about the Dallas Cowboys, which leads me to believe, especially when you did nothing in the offseason until Anthony Barr just recently. That's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of buts. You think we go and sign a receiver? I would hope so. Just to have a veteran in the room to help teach these young because CD Lamb is your veteran. Yeah, and he's, he's only a what, third year. Three guy. year yeah, third he's year. He's going guy. into his third year. So just having a vet to help teach the rookies even. Who would who would you go and get? Well, Willie Sneed just came off the board. Well, he's not who I would go and get anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not going to get Odell Beckham. I would put him on my list. I mean, you're dealing with the same thing with him as you are with Michael Gallup. Yeah, but if you're, you're getting him even later. Still. No, he's a great. I would great. go get Odell. He'd be my first call. Because when he does come back and then you have Gallup back too, suddenly you have one of the better receiving cores in the league between C.D., Odell, and Gallup. You could go bring Cole Beasley back. You know, that's a great I positional guy. I feel like they've done that bridge. If I'm, yeah. if I'm bringing someone in personally... Is it Will Fuller? It's not. Because <laughs> I can't trust him to stay healthy yeah. at all. There's... It's Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. He's a veteran Manny guy. Emmanuel Sanders he's, would be nice. He's from SMU, so he's from the Dallas area. He's been in multiple systems with the Saints, Steelers, and Broncos. He's and performed everywhere he's gone. Yes, and the Bills. I, I trust him to be able to teach mm -hmm. the young guys while still being able to contribute. Yeah, so that's a good one. That's I would the like guy I would lean towards. I lean personally towards Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I would want actually saying that he wasn't on the list that I looked up. So, but yeah, Manny Sanders or Odell is who I would like to sign. I think that would really bolster your, your lineup. I got one more question for you before we move on to Spurs coming up here in the next segment. But reports coming out of training camp, uh, things have not looked great for Trayvon Diggs early in camp. Trayvon Diggs has uh, been getting torched, to say the least, not just by CeeDee Lamb, by the likes of Simi Fehoko, and Dennis Houston, and Nathan Vasher. And Cowboy fans were wondering on Twitter, like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, this is it. This was the knock on you last year. If you weren't turning the ball over, you were getting beat. Mm -hmm. And he has since deleted his Twitter. <laughs> yep, seen that. How, how does that concern you? I mean, maybe, yeah, I guess a, a little bit. <laughs> the voice crack tells me it does. <laughs> I guess a little bit, yeah, but like you said, when I talked about Jalen Hurts' bad throws, everyone has a bad, you know. Sure. Everyone has a bad rep, so. Sure. It's still practice. It's still, you know, training camp. Mm-hmm. And things are always different and more dialed in when you're in the does, game. Does it worry about you that he's, it, wor it, it bothers him so much he had to delete his Twitter? That he couldn't just, like, ignore the mentions? Yeah, that's a little... Yeah. I'm not... Yeah, that's kind of kind of soft. Because that you're talking about a corner and a guy who has to forget and move on to the next rep. And this guy can't even, like, ignore and mentally block out Twitter. 
yeah, that's definitely didn't like that as much, but I think he'll be fine. Great young corner. Still got a lot to prove, a lot to learn, but... Because that it, was the question we had coming into the year. Mm-hmm. Can he cut down on the big plays? Yeah. Because we know he can like jump routes and yeah. make incredible plays, but can he stop giving up the big play, which is what really hurt them last year defensively? Yeah. Another thing about you know those training camp videos is always just one-on-ones. Yes. There's no like... I mean, you get Over to see some team drills. Yeah, but there's no like, but all the videos we've seen of Trey getting burned are literally just straight one-on-one drills. Mm-hmm. You don't have any safety help. You don't have any under coverage from the linebackers or anything like that. So I think when you tie in all of those factors, I think CD will be all right. Because apparently Trayvon. from what I've heard, yeah, Trayvon, from what I've heard, our safety group, Oh, I love me J-Ron Curse. J-Ron yeah. Curse is one of my favorite players. And Malik Hooker's looking real good, too, with another year Former healthy first in the rounder. system. Yeah, so I think when you add in, uh, I think safety and linebacker are probably our two strongest defensive positions. So when you add the help that he'll get under with the linebackers and over with the safety, I think CD will be able to... Uh, Cut down on that yardage he gives up. He is Jack Thompson. I am James Pledger. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. Coming up next, the San Antonio Spurs are in a quandary, if you will. We don't really know what they are, who they are. Jack Thompson's going to let us know exactly what's going on. Can Keldon be that guy, and what does he have to work on to be that guy? Plus, who is going to lead this team in terms of just getting the offense into sets. We'll talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover. San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. San Antonio Sports Star on the go. Get the latest news, podcast, and more at sasportstar.com. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover, right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. He's Jack Thompson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow us online. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. The station is at SA Sports Star, or just go to sasportstar.com. Check it all out there. Jack, you were on Lockdown Spurs this week. I was indeed. You can go check that out. I've retweeted it. The station's retweeted it. Jack himself has retweeted it. Of course, you could just follow at Jeff G Spurs Zone and see it for yourself. But the topic of conversation was, what does Keldon need to work on for the upcoming season? What does Keldon need to work on for the yeah, upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, he made huge strides in his three-point shooting last season. He's made huge strides each year yeah, in the league. Yeah, he's four to five points added every season. His three-point percentage and number of threes taken has gone up every year. Mm -hmm. He's maintained a low turnover level. He only had, I think, it was like 1.5 a game last season at Mm -hmm. 32 minutes. So I think the next step for him is his assist total was only two a game last year. So playmaking off the dribble, getting other people open for shots. Is something, and then being able to score the or shoot the ball rather off the dribble in the mid range and off the dribble at the three 
I think those two things will really unlock his game. Is that or is that not the last three things we saw Kawhi Riddler, Leonard really improve yeah. on before his ascension into superstar? It was. It absolutely was. He started off just a bully ball player, just like Keldon. Defense. And defense. He's better than Keldon ever oh, yeah. had. Yeah. yeah. But then... But part of that is just length and, and yeah. strength. And... and then Kawhi developed the three-point shot from the uh, spot-up We saw that. Position we and... saw that from Keldon this past year. So if Keldon can make a big leap in his uh, playmaking ability off the dribble, both facilitating and scoring, that will really unlock his game to be a 20, 25-point-a-night guy. Easy. You expect him somewhere around 22 this year? Yeah, I mean, if the numbers stay the same, he went from 12 the previous season to a little over 17 last season. And then if, you know, if it keeps in the same trajectory, especially with the amount of more looks he's going to get this season, yes. I think 22 His is volumes going up. Yeah, I think 22 is imminently reachable. No, no doubt about that. The other big news this week, August 1st was the deadline to waive Trey Jones or his $500,000 became guaranteed. They did not waive him. Trey Jones will be a piece of this team next year. Mm -hmm. My personal opinion, he is the best point guard on this roster. Yeah, easily, yeah. My other personal opinion is I want Josh Primo to start because, A, he needs to learn. Yeah. B, he has the highest upside. Mm-hmm. C, while he learns, you may be losing games, which yeah, obviously what you want, what you want anyway, because I believe the Spurs win more games if Trey Jones is their starting point guard. Yeah. Also, with Primo starting, you get the vet presence on the rest of the it's five. Weird, weird to say for a guy going into his third year. Yeah, but you get <laughs> you know you get Devin, you get Keldon, you get Yak. And then probably, hopefully, Jeremy starts at that four. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And then... Even it, if not, imagine a starting unit, if you will, that is Primo, or excuse me, not Primo, Trey Jones, Vassell, Keldon, Zach Collins, Jakob Pertle. You know, veteran, veteran starting unit, mm -hmm. and you let... All of your young guys come off the bench together. You let uh, Josh Primo come in with Josh Richardson to be the one that's steadying presence yeah. on that outside. But then you got Sohan and you've Wesley, got Wesley and you've Brown. got Brownham all coming up, up together to really, A, it's a fast lineup. B, it is a young lineup. What are the odds that we see Trey Jones, Primo, Vassell, Keldon, and Yak. Keldon still. So Trey and Primo playing together. Both Keldon, start with Keldon at still three. at the four. No, Devin at three and Keldon still playing the four. That's what to I said. Start. Devin at the three. Yeah, okay. Keldon at the four. Mm -hmm. You know what? You know my thoughts about Keldon. No, I'm <laughs> right there with you. But with, I like it. I, d I don't hate it. I could see that. I could very much see that happening. And then, you know, you bring in Sohan. For Primo, and you're running him, and then you bring in uh, Wesley for Trey Jones, or you bring in Sohan for off the bench for Trey Jones, 
Primo moves to the one. Mm-hmm. Sohan moves to the four. And then third guard off the bench at point, you bring in Wesley for Primo mm-hmm. to kind of close out halves and quarters and whatnot. I think and I'm excited to see all these young guys run. He is Jack Thompson. I am James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. We'll take your phone calls next on the other side. 656-ESPN, 656-3776. Plus, Anthony Barr, what does it mean for the Cowboys? That's all coming up next. And your chance to win more Kevin Hart tickets coming up in the next hour. Don't go anywhere. This is the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome back into hour number two of the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Thank you for joining us, even at our new early hours of 7 to 9. Jack, thank you for joining us <laughs> with our new early morning hours of 7 to 9. Yeah, it never gets easy, <laughs> tell you that. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow us. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at, I am Pledger King one or King 11 Kaiju tweets in great show guys. My storyline to watch for the NFL season is the arrival of Russ in Denver. How far can he take a talented team in that cement mixer? That is the AFC West. Also next week. Dan Campbell, Detroit Lions, Hard Knocks. Can't wait. <laughs> That's going to be a fun Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell is hilarious and a great coach, so the, I'm excited. The uh, fight in Texas A&M Aggie, Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that is a cement mixer. We're going to get into our more storylines to watch in the NFL coming up here in a little bit, but we were just talking Spurs, and we got callers on the line, 656 ESPN, 656 Three seven seven six month. What's going on? What you got for us on the San Antonio Spurs? Hey, so everyone's talking about Keldon making the big jump, but my thing is, I think Vassell is more ready to make the big jump. I saw him in the summer league, uh, not this past summer league, but the one before that, and he was able to get his shot off the dribble more. Um, he seemed more comfortable creating like a mid range for himself more than I see Keldon comfortable doing that. Uh, I'm more excited to watch Vassell to. I'm hoping the Spurs give Vassell the ball more to develop his game because I think he's more able to create a little bit more offense on his own. Yeah, Devin is is definitely ahead of Keldon in scoring off of the dribble. I think we will see Devin make the jump that Keldon did last season, mm-hmm. and Keldon make the jump to even you know more Higher. bolster his name around the league. I expect both of them to be. At 20 points a game or right around it for sure. I expect Devin to be somewhere probably around 15 to 17, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that would be my l- low estimation right now. But, I mean, with the shots that that they're going to get, I sure. mean, they're going to at least get but they're not the 10 only more two. looks apiece. They're not the only two they are going to be getting looks within the offense. Yeah, it's true. But I, I think they will be heavily leaned upon for sure. I mean, if we're tanking... You might as well let those guys go, you know, and really, really uh, get themselves comfortable as you know lead dogs. So six five six ESPN both of them. six five six three seven seven six on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines. Greg dialed him. Greg, what you got for us on the Spurs? Oh uh, yeah, so uh, I was you know on my way to Austin last weekend. Oh no, <laughs> from uh, promos on the billboards with Josh Cremo and. 
me and my wife were talking about the future of the Spurs. So take a look at this. Um, we're passing by San Marcos, right? So they mm-hmm. have the outlet. They already have the shopping entertainment center. They can invest more in, in dining and bars and whatever. Mm-hmm. Possibly a relocation to the the area. I know there's a, a, a like a party shuttle that goes from 6th Street to San Marcos every weekend. So park and ride, it's not a, a bad idea for both cities, uh, San Antonio and Austin, to provide like a, some sort of shuttle system to connect both uh, you know cities into driving into town and experiencing the game and just to not you know we're just talking a lot thinking about it and it didn't seem like a good idea so i just wanted to call and give you guys a little two cents i appreciate the phone call greg and you're right i think the ultimate end game is that the spurs end up with a stadium somewhere in the new Braunfels, mm-hmm. sam marcus yeah buta or not buta but uh kyle corridor like that stretch of I-35 that connects Austin mm-hmm. and San Antonio. Uh, New Braunfels also has a booming bar scene that could lend itself with tons of available space to A, build an arena, B, surround that arena with bars and shops and things to do. Mm-hmm. They would probably likely have to change some of their alcohol rules in terms of being when you're able to purchase yeah. seeing as this is a midnight town right now, but maybe that's what leads San Marcus into being a better venue. Yeah. I think, uh, the, uh, shuttle service is definitely going to be huge in play, but I think what really light rail kicks the domino is the light rail and even more so making the stadium, one of the hubs for the light rail. So you can literally just roll up into the stadium, get mm-hmm. out, and then once the game is over, you don't have to, you know, Uber or anything to anywhere else that you can just get back on your train and go home. To be fair, NRG has that mm-hmm. in Houston. Yeah. They've got a light rail that goes right by mm-hmm. the stadium. So yeah. Houston's already kind of on that train, and especially if you've dealt with traffic around the stadium on game day. You understand that's yeah. not a bad plan. Um, six five six ESPN six five six three seven seven six. The Cowboys signed an Anthony Barr. Love it. We're gonna get into that coming up next. What it means for the Cowboys and where are they in the grand scheme of things in the NFL? Plus storylines around the NFL that we need to look out for outside of the Cowboys. That's all coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. It's Keyshawn Johnson. Jay will Max, and I get you through the brake lights weekday mornings at 5 on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. And by the way, we got some breaking news last night. We'll talk about it a little bit more coming up towards the end of the show. Fernando Tatis is coming to the missions, baby. That's so sick, dude. That's literally like... One of the biggest names, in most baseball. exciting names in the MLB. That's, Outside of Shohei Otani. Yeah, he's, that's so cool. 
I am. I'm. I'm probably gonna go see a missions game. Yeah, I want to go see him, dude. That's. I think that's so sick. That's amazing. So yeah, Fernando Tatis in San Antonio as they take on the Wichita Wind Surge all weekend long. Don't forget, we've also got your chance to win our second set of Kevin Hart tickets for Wednesday's show, August the 10th, at the AT&T Center. That is coming up later this hour, so stay locked in to the Saturday morning hangover. But the Cowboys signed someone, finally. 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 And it's somebody really, really good. Yes, really, really good. He was available this late into the season. Is incredible. Four-time Pro Bowler Anthony Bars. There are some injury concerns with him, but coming off a career high in interceptions last year, four-time Pro Bowler with the Vikings. Very, very good linebacker mm-hmm. that adds depth and allows you to continue to use Micah Parsons as a chess piece. Oh yeah. I'm very happy with the Anthony Barr signing. I think he's going to play a a huge, huge role for us. And even more so from the stat stat perspective, Mm -hmm. just like you said, allowing Micah to just free roam Mm -hmm. around the the defense and, you know, see ball, hit ball, whether that's... Middle, outside, on the line. Wherever you want him. Yeah, wherever you want him, let him go and do it. I think it's going to be great. It is a fantastic signing, and I'm hoping that it is just the beginning mm-hmm. because we talked last hour about CeeDee Lamb being a number one for the first time, yet having zero help. Yeah. And CeeDee Lamb, the only small sample size we have is a one-game small sample size of him without Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Amari is gone, and in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, the offense did not score a touchdown. No. It was nine points, and you held you held the Kansas City Chiefs to 19 points. You expect to win that game. Anytime you hold the Kansas City Chiefs under 20 points, mm-hmm. you would expect to win that game. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's definitely having the defense so bolstered and giving the opportunity for the offense to get more looks at trying to score, I think will be huge, and I think Anthony Barr will play a key role in that. By the way, in that game, Tony Pollard had two catchers for 20 yards. Dalton Schultz led the way with six for 53. Mm -hmm. CeeDee Lamb, three catches, 14 yards, without Amari Cooper. Yep. Doesn't sound like a number one. Not there, that's for sure. But we've seen it. I, because this is part of the gripe on Kellen Moore too, right? The yeah. fact that, and Amari mentioned it when in his press conference up in Cleveland. Yeah, I think CD been that dude. He ready to be a number one if Kellen features him, if he allows him to be. Yeah. So that's kind of also the gripe on Kellen Moore is: Will you like at some point? You know Aaron Rodgers is going to Devontae Adams. Can you stop it? Mm-hmm. And with Dallas's offense, sometimes it feels like you're supposed to go here with the ball based on the matchup. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've got to be a little bit more innovative for sure. Going to have... Some... Innovative is a good word. Yeah, got to create some different looks to keep the defense honest and not just... 
so keyed in on CeeDee Lamb. You got to be able to spread the ball around to these young guys, make them appear and, you know, be threats on the field. Mm-hmm. And then you catch the defense slipping and you hit CD and hopefully he gets, you know, big chunk plays. That is one of the concerns with having a very, very young wide receiver room where your number one is in his third year mm-hmm. and has never been a number one in the NFL. He's always had a number one to kind of help take pressure off. Yeah. So he is stepping into a role that in the NFL he hasn't really done before. And on top of that, there is no help. Michael Gallup is not there to help at least dictate coverage. Uh, You don't have a Cedric Wilson anymore. You're literally relying on undrafted free agents and rookies. Yeah. That's that's your plan with CD going into being a number one receiver. And we saw the Cowboys tried to do this once before, although it was a little bit worse in terms of Cole Beasley was kind of your number one at that point in time. Yeah. But it led them to having to trade and give up a lot to go get an Amari Cooper more than he was probably should have been traded for at that point in time. When you look at midseason trades and and what receivers were going for. But the you know, the dividends he he made for No, us. no, yeah. no. He did. But he was going into a contract year. Mm-hmm. You knew you were gonna have to pay him. Like there there was reasons why he should have been cheaper than he was, but Jerry overpaid because he needed him. And it worked. It worked. But yeah. at the same time, we've seen at least something similar to this book before mm-hmm. that bit them in the ass, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's my main question, which is why when I look at the free agents available, Odell Beckham isn't helping you anytime soon. He may kind of be like that deadline acquisition in terms of you're healthy, it's time, let's sign you and bring you in. But just in terms of even helping these young receivers develop and become pros in the NFL, I would look at an Emmanuel Sanders. He's had success everywhere he's gone. Mm -hmm. Could get him for cheap. He's a pro's pro. You only need to sign him to a one-year deal just to help offset what is happening to this wide receiver room. James Washington was supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to kind of be that vet in the room that kind of helped bring along the young talent. That vet in the room is still there, but he's gone. Mm -hmm. He's not on the field to help at least lessen the attention that will be focused. Yeah, Because at this point, if you're a defensive coordinator – my main game plan is take away Dalton Schultz, take away C.D. Lamb, make you run against a stack box. Mm-hmm. No, I think Emmanuel Sanders would be great, and especially when everyone comes back, you know, mid-season. Because yes. he su- can play in and outside. Yeah, then suddenly you have four, you know, proven receivers. or Yeah, four with Gallup and Washington coming back. Manny and CD, and then you've got the young guys as sort of, you know, really good handcuffs who got a lot of burn through the first half of the Mm -hmm. season and kind of know what we're all about. And you can bring them along at a pace that is more conducive to them learning and, and becoming a greater part of this offense. Yeah. I personally would like to see that. And I get it. Everybody wants to call me a cowboy hater, which is fine. I don't care. 
I'm not a hater. I just look to. You're like, not a hater. I like to look at both sides of the coin. I don't want to see only the positives. Mm-hmm. I want to see the negatives. That's in my team as well. Not everything's always flowers and rainbows. Yeah. Sometimes things are bad. And if you are unable to recognize the bad, then you become very disillusioned when the bad actually catches up. Mm -hmm. Like last season, I saw a lot of issues despite winning against inferior competition. Amari Cooper said he saw these things. And then when when it all came to fruition in the playoffs against Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers, it was more like, this is what I was warning you about, more so than, you know, shock and outrage against Mike McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Yep. And Jimmy G threw for like, what, like 100 yards in that game? He was awful in that game. He was terrible, and you still couldn't win that game. But it's because of the issues that we all saw. Yeah. Not fixing the penalty issues throughout the season. Not you know, ex- realizing that Dak Prescott, since that calf injury, did not look the same. Mm-hmm. Not understanding that the running game was not happening, despite the fact that Zeke ran for 1,000 yards, 1,002, in an yeah. extra game for the first time ever. He's not a 1,000-yard back last year no. in a regular season. Mm-mm. And he struggled mightily. He had a couple of big games, and then he got hurt. Because we always hear about the injury after the fact. Yeah. You never he- hear about it during the season, but I always said, Tony needs more touches. Yeah. Zeke doesn't look right. Tony needs more touches. Yeah, yeah, I complete whole, com- completely agree. So, we'll see. It's all on you, Kellen, what you got dialed up for us. And that's even because I love to at least talk about the faults of Mike McCarthy. I do think he's a good team building. I do think this team is very close-knit, Yeah, but there are issues within Mike McCarthy as a head coach that I have issues with when it comes to play calling, or not play calling, excuse me, when it comes to uh, clock management, I mean. Oh, yeah. His ability to react to something within the game or within the season instead of, we'll, we'll evaluate and fix it at the end of the year. No, you needed to fix the penalties within the season. Yeah. There was that was an issue that was systemic throughout the entirety of the season, dating back to week one. Yet you never corrected it. Those are things that, as a head coach, you need to be proactive about. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's not calling offensive plays. He's not no. calling defensive plays. He ain't in charge of special teams. So, what, like, what's your I'm job? Very confused as to what he really did last season. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so that's when, when they say, like, and here's the other thing. Jerry, this question about Mike McCarthy's job security, it's on you because you you let it come to this. Mm-hmm. You say, Mike McCarthy's my guy, but I got options. Yep. Okay? <laughs> so you're giving a conflicting message there. At the end of the year, you let him twist in the wind yep. for two weeks after the season before even coming. Usually you are... After the after the game, you gave a very very unendorsing, <laughs> yeah, commitment to Mike McCarthy, and then you let him twist for two weeks. And during that two weeks, Sean Payton retired, mm-hmm. which only fueled the speculation. <laughs> 
you, this is a monster of your own creating. Yeah. And then also the next up guy is standing right next to him on the sideline. Exactly. <laughs> you look at it and everybody knows that you think of Kellen Moore like Sean Payton. Well, I was referring you know, to Dan Quinn. I know Quinn. you are. Yeah. I know you are. And Dan Quinn seemed to be that guy getting all the head coaching circulation. Mm-hmm. It feels like there was almost a wink and a nod like, hey, come back if this doesn't work. Yeah. You're taking over. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you have to worry about Dan Quinn in those instances as well as Super Bowl. Tw- <laughs> Super Bowl. Everybody likes to blame Kyle Shanahan for not running the football. But as the head coach, at some point, you have to be, look, we're not throwing the football. The tidal wave is against us. Yeah. Realization that the time is on our side. I don't care if the box is stacked against you. Run the football. Mm -hmm. That's your job as a head coach to recognize situations and to lead your coordinators. I understand you give them freedom. You give them autonomy. You let them do what they do, but at some point when things are going sideways, as the head coach, Mm -hmm. you have to step in and be like, look, we're running the ball three straight times here. Yep. Right? (laughs) No, I I definitely agree. And we have not seen Mike do that. We haven't seen Dan do that. Yeah, exactly. We hadn't seen Dan do that either. That was part of his undoing in Atlanta. So I look at the options, and of course, Sean Payton's the greatest of said options, and there's obviously the tie to Dallas, which the reunite reuniting of him and Jerry would be phenomenal. But at the same time, Sean would want control. We don't know if Jerry's willing to give up said control of team. Mm-hmm. So Dan, DQ, may be the next one in line, but I... I have questions about this defense. While I love the linebackers, the amount of turnovers that they have last year, we always see regression the next year. Yeah, Can it be sustained if the defense regresses? Because I get it. I don't think the defense has regressed, though. I think... No, no. I'm saying this year there is a possible regression of this defense just due to the fact of the turnovers, mm-hmm. and that's an unsustainable number. You can't rely on 12 picks from Trayvon Diggs. No. You can't rely on leading the league in turnovers again. And but on the flip side of that, what we saw with just you know the beginning stages of everyone learning mm-hmm. DQ's defense, I think with the more time put in, Everybody looked better last year than the yes. previous year. And I, I mean, love the safeties. I love the linebackers on this team. We saw the young kids up front really kill it too. Chauncey and, and um Osa Digizua both had great years. We bring in, you know, some more guys, Dante Fowler, who's got a lot of upside, mm-hmm. kind of a Malik Hooker esque type guy, if we can bring him around to what Dan Quinn's defense in Atlanta. We got, you know, young Ridgeway who's looking like a bulldog up front. Mm -hmm. You bring in, you got D law who's slimmed down more lean looking quicker. I think we will regress in the turnover margin for sure. I mean, it, it would be incredible if we had the same amount or more, but I think to flip that coin, we are more poised to get more stops. 
because we're deeper at safety. Our cornerbacks have another year in the system. We saw who we thought, you know, Anthony Brown mm-hmm. always gets picked on. But you look at his stats, he had a pretty solid year last year. Neville Gallimore, we saw good things out of Quint Bohanna last mm-hmm. year. The addition of Sam Williams, they're they're really hyping him up. Yeah. So he better look Na- good. Nashon looks good at corner, big 6'5 corner. Mm-hmm. I think the defense is looking like the stronger of the two groups between offense and defense. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think... While we I will, have questions at cornerback. Yeah. Jordan Lewis is still, you know, kind of, he's good. I don't know how great he can be. Yeah. Anthony Brown. Same. Been yeah. dubbed as burnt toast by a lot of Cowboy fans just because of how much he gets beat. And speaking of burnt toast, Trayvon Diggs, who while having great interception numbers, gave up a lot of yards. And early indications in camp are that things aren't going well there either. Mm-hmm. So much so that fans have been on him and he has deleted his Twitter. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole nother thing that leads me to question things. You're going to have Tristan Hill coming back, though, on that defensive line as well. Don't forget about that. He looked pretty good before his injury. Yeah. Like he was coming around. So him, Neville Gallimore... You've got a nice defensive line to be able to rotate through. Yeah. And that's I'm, kind of key in Dan Quinn is just being able to rotate Yeah, bodies. fresh bodies, fresh bodies. Just hit ball, see ball. When you're tired, come out. We got guys go ready to it. go. Yeah, so for sure. But, like, there are questions. If there is a question, it's not the safeties, it's the cornerbacks. It's the cornerbacks, yeah. I mean, it just depends on... How much can Nishan Wright and Kelvin Joseph, you know, progress mm-hmm. into be playing meaningful minutes? And to be fair, I I love Nishan Wright. He felt like a DQ pick when mm-hmm. they took him late in the draft. Yeah. Um, and he started playing well last year. He you saw him get yeah. on the field last year. Mm-hmm. So he's if had he a good camp step too. Forward, that's really really good. Yeah. But you want to see. And hear reports of Trayvon Diggs looking good. Yeah, you like I understand that you're losing one-on-one battles and you're losing in team drills, but you look across the league, all reports from other camps. Sauce Gardner has looked amazing with yeah. the Jets. He has been locking people down. You look at uh, Derek Steenley; people are talking about him shutting down even Brandon Cooks and looking like that guy that we saw his freshman year at LSU. Mm-hmm. Like those are reports coming out of other camps about in uh, Los uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. You hear Chargers, Asante Samuel Jr. and well, J.C. Jackson. Like these guys are locking up Keenan Allen and Mike Williams mm-hmm. and looking really good in camp so far. Yeah. So that's my concern. Like I understand that their practice reps and things happen, but it's the amount of things that I'm hearing out of Cowboys camps is opposed to other camps. Even Tyreek Willens looking good, the former UTSA corner mm-hmm. up in Seattle. He is apparently getting first-team reps. He's looked so good. Which, by the way, congratulations, yeah. Tyreek Willen. <laughs> that's awesome. So for me, that's just a concern, and at least it perks my ears when I hear things like that coming out of camp. The other yeah. big issue coming out of camp, though, Kicking was an issue last year. (laughs) And from all reports, 
it hasn't been great this this no. off season. Yeah. And I have a lot of concerns when you talk about the kicking. Yes, game. as do I. Jonathan Garibay or L- Liram Haralahu, I think there, I think there needs to be more competition at that position. I agree because you're dealing with an undrafted guy that played in the CFL in previous years. That's only experience was with the Cowboys last year who has not reportedly looked all that great in mm-hmm. camp. And the, the guy who's looked even worse is the undrafted guy out of Texas Tech in Jonathan Garibay. <laughs> like, how concerned, knowing what you... At least... And he's off the table. You can't go get Greg Zerline no. anymore. He's in New York. Yeah. But you were missing extra points with him, which was an issue. Yeah. But... You did feel good about him in most situations when he was kicking field goals. It may not have felt as confident with extra points, but let's say outside of 35, 40 yards, you felt pretty confident in, in Greg Zerline, right? Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> Fairly confident in Greg yeah. Zerline. How's that? Decently, yeah, decently <laughs> confident. I mean, there are a lot of issues that I I have with the kicking game, and I think yesterday on R&R in the morning, Christy Scales kind of summed it up best when she was kind of talking about things with R&R in the morning because I look at the way things went and the way things go in the NFL. And Christy Scales, who was on R&R in the morning, is... A part of, oh, excuse me, <laughs> it's it's been an issue, but it's a bigger issue than we think, I believe. And Christy Scales was with R&R in the morning and discussed kind of the issues that were at hand. And I'm trying to find that audio real quick, so I'm stalling, but... Is that your biggest concern? I know I've mentioned concerns about the corners and the receivers. Yeah, that's... But it feels like kicking is the biggest concern. Far and away, the worst position group we have. I mean, far and away. We definitely need more competition in that kicking group. And I don't even know who you could go get that you could bring in that could, you know be meaningful competition to these guys and, you know, push each other further to be better. But, man, it's it's a rough one. I've seen a lot of videos. I heard uh, Minix and Ryan Agle talking about it. Mm-hmm. Not a good look, for sure. Not a good look, especially for a team with so many unproven receivers. We don't know how red zone is going to go. So you got to be able to, you know, at least – finish those three and out drives within the 40 with a field goal. And right now you have no, um, no confidence really in either of those guys to do so. So definitely need to bring in another kicker to help supplement all that. Yeah. And this is Christy scales yesterday uh, on R and R in the morning. Of course you can catch all of our a best bail bonds, Dallas training, Cowboys training camp videos 
on the website at sasportstar.com. Brought to you by Texas Cheer Liquor, Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, and Cowboys AC and Heating. Big thing. To me, the biggest concern um, is not pass rush. It's not wide receiver. It's can we make a freaking kick? Really? Oh, my gosh. Jerry yes. says it's no big deal, though. He came to the point that it's no big deal. I just want a guy that can make a, an extra point. That's what he told Jason and Joe. Yeah. On that, right, sitting right in that chair you're in, he said he's just worried about extra yeah, let, points. Let me, let me, I, I want to make sure I get the, <laughs> okay. I, I want to get the exact thing right because okay. here's the deal. Uh, okay, me. the last two years, 23.1% of games, and that's actually kind of low. If you go over the last five mm-hmm. years, it's, it's closer to 25%, like 24.7. Okay. So that's 20, one in four. The last two years, 23.1% of NFL games were decided by three points or less. 47.7% of games were decided by seven or fewer points. Every single kick in a game matters, even extra points. And Zerline's inconsistency last year was a it hurt. killer it for hurt. this team. Four points, four games by the Cowboys decided by three points or less. That's actually a little below this average. Yeah. We had two overtime games last year. But I'm telling you from the perspective of being on the sideline in an NFL game, mm-hmm. the number one most deflating thing. Now, I'm, I'm not counting an injury to Dak. Right. Of okay? course. Something like that, obviously devastating. But generally on a game-to-game basis, the most deflating thing on the sideline in a game is a missed kick. And especially like a missed extra point because it just – Especially after a tough, long you drive. You know it's coming back to haunt you. Just, no, it's absolutely. Coming. It's the, oh, and especially last year when Zerline was being inconsistent. Now, again, he was hurt last year. He had a bad back. But still, it's just like, oh. What are you doing? Oh, well, here please. we sit. That was Christy Scales, Dallas Cowboys sideline reporter and contributor on DallasCowboys.com on R&R in the morning yesterday. You can catch that full interview at sasportstar.com under our AA Best Bail Bonds training camp coverage. You hear that and what missed kicks do Mm -hmm. to the morale of a team. It's true. I'm not sure that you can fix this. No, I I think it's, it's too late. I mean... There are no guys that you can bring in that are just going to solve that problem outright. So, yeah, I agree. I'm not really sure how you go about completely fixing that puzzle. but I mean, I look at who's available right now, and mm-hmm. I, I just pulled up free agent kickers. <laughs> so I'm looking at Michael Bagley, Badgley. It's not a bad option. It's not. Sam Ficken. Don't know who that is. <laughs> Amendola, Matthew Wright, Chris Nagger. That's a lot of people I have never heard of. Andrew Mevis, <laughs> who was signed by Jacksonville, by the way. Um, I couldn't pick any of these guys out of a lineup. <laughs> I think I could pick Badgley out of a lineup. Yeah, well, we know him from his days with the Chargers and yeah. the Colts. Mm-hmm. Like, so it... it Feels like call that man. Yeah, please, Cowboys, please call that man. I, I I'm trying to, and even then, it's still it's just competition, just something for these guys who haven't done it in this league to have to go against, so that you know what they're like under pressure. Because right now, with the pressure on, both of them are struggling mightily. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so I. 
God, I just, I want them to fix that position. And maybe the the signing of Anthony Barr spurs a couple of other moves. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're waiting until the cut-down days when players start getting cut. Maybe instead of Emmanuel Sanders, they've got their eyes on a veteran wideout that's on the roster bubble closer to cut-down day, right? Yeah. And you have to think about not just that, but also players that are on roster bubbles. Like, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They brought in Julio Jones. They have Mike, uh, uh, Mike Evans. They have Goodwin. They have Scotty Miller. Mm-hmm. Maybe a guy like a Tyler um, Johnson is now on the roster bubble. Somebody yeah. who performed well last year. Maybe you can get him for a late-round draft pick just before the uh, cut deadline. Or maybe he's involved in the cuts and you're trying to grab him off waivers. So that's something to at least keep in mind as we get closer. And you can say the same thing about kickers. Maybe there are the, there's a kicker that is performing extremely well in either Pittsburgh or in Baltimore's training camps. But they don't have a shot at making the roster because, of course, Boswell and... and um, Jesus, name just Justin Tucker are both incumbents there, and you're just waiting for those guys to get released so you can pick them up. Mm-hmm. And there are other kickers in other camps that you hear about having phenomenal times. This is what scouts do. Yeah, they prepare for other instances like this to where maybe that's what the holdup is with the Cowboys. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I like to look at the good. And the bad, and maybe this lack of movement is more so about Waiting. they feel people are going to become available yeah. here towards the end of the preseason and, and training that, camp. It always happens for sure. That's definitely a mm-hmm. viable viable excuse for the lack of movement there. And yeah, we got to bring in a veteran guy though. You have to. It cannot be these two guys that have never kicked any meaningful NFL kicks when you're trying to make playoff runs. It just those two things just don't add up. I mean, so. think about it. Back when Randy Bullock was with the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. they had this undrafted guy by the name of Chris Boswell out of Rice, yep. who is now tied with Justin Tucker as the highest paid kicker in the NFL after signing that extension with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. So there are guys that perform well in camps and in preseason mm-hmm. as you're trying to preserve your kicker's leg by bringing in just yeah. someone to kind of take reps. And all of a sudden, you can find yourself on a home somewhere else. So yeah, maybe yeah. that's what the Cowboys are waiting for. Let's hope. But kicking is wholly important. Look at the 2019 Browns team. That team lost so many games due to the kicking because they did not have a legitimate kicker on the roster, yeah. and they neglected that position. Mm-hmm. Special teams matter. Oh, special teams <laughs> is oftentimes the difference between winning and losing. Like It comes down to such few plays that special teams often rules that, you know, it's penalties and good or bad special teams plays that really decide a lot of NFL games. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm just saying, I would like personally for them to sign an Emmanuel Sanders, but if they don't, it's okay, yeah. Because I understand that this is there is still a part of camp. The problem is when that happens, 
you've got a short period of time to acclimate them to get them ready for mm-hmm. week one, which is why trades and and immediate movement now, like getting Anthony Barr in now, you got him time to get up to speed for week one, yeah. and he's got a good chunk of the playbook ready, especially having worked with uh, defensive line coach mm-hmm. when he was the defensive coordinator in Minnesota with bars. So yeah. There are things that you can acclimate him in more easily to have him ready to go for week one. That's my only concern with the weight is how quickly can you get these guys acclimated into the offense or defense or yeah, yeah. special teams, which special teams is probably easier to acclimate. To. Yeah. I mean, you just got to walk out there and, you know, kick one through them uprights. But, yeah, I, I completely agree. If you're going to bring people in, the sooner the better. He is Jack Thompson. I am James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Coming up, we are giving away those final pair of tickets to go see Kevin Hart out at the AT&T Center. So stay tuned. We'll give those away coming up in the next segment. But we'll put a bow on the show and some huge news in the UFC world. Look back at last week's fight and... Show me your Tatis. Mm-hmm. That is right. Fernando Tatis Jr. is coming to San Antonio. We'll let you know all about it coming up here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. This is Paul Feinbaum on San Antonio and South Texas's strongest sports station, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. Jack Thompson riding shotgun with me this morning. Just a uh, quick reminder, next weekend, no show. We are taking the day off. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. Sorry, but you know everybody needs a mental break, and football season's about to kick into high, high gear. So yep. <laughs> no days off coming up. <laughs> but we've talked a lot. Today, fantasy football. We've given some fantasy football advice out. Of course, you can always reach out with any questions you have. 656 ESPN, 656-3776. One of the questions was, who would you hold off on if you were drafting running backs later and trying to stack up earlier in the draft? Another name I might throw on that list is uh, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, definitely. J.K. Dobbins probably going to be the guy he looked like he was trending towards being the guy he was set up to be the guy last year suffered that injury and then all of the running backs went down i forget i don't know which uh voodoo witch that they yeah for real but (laughs) they had a rough training camp in baltimore three torn acls in the span of like five days yeah that was ridiculous that was insane and jk dobbins has been from what i've read he's been itching and asking the coaches every day let me in yeah (laughs) and he's far further along than gus edwards is in his rehab so he's gonna be the dominant number one for that team and he'll probably his name will fly up this year because of Mm -hmm. you know hard knocks yeah but deandre swift when healthy and that's always the caveat when healthy with deandre swift Mm mm-hmm especially in PPR, yeah. is a good option. Oh, yeah. I think the Lions are going to be a tough out for teams this year. They were a tough out last year for teams. Yeah. It's not like they were bad No, they team. weren't bad. They just couldn't, you know, finish games. They lost a lot of really close games, but you got Swift, 
I'm on, I'm on Ross. Ross. St. Brown had a great year. You've got DJ Chart coming over, mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson. It really just falls on. And by the way, TJ Hawkinson also needs to stay healthy. Yes, definitely. I am t- like he's my dynasty tight end, <laughs> and it's it's a pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> but UFC last weekend, early fights were kind of eh. Yeah. Uh, Lewis getting beat. I thought in forty-five that, seconds. I thought that was a quick. Yeah, they they quick stoppage. Yeah, it was pretty quick. But at the same time, it's kind of. It's different MO with heavy eights, and, yeah, it's heavyweights. Different yeah, with him, and it's just different because he feels like he's going down. Like, mm-hmm. it, and it sucks because he's got knockout king tattooed across his chest. Yeah, and then you're getting knocked out. That's just never a good look. Not a good look. And it's bad because he's a Texas guy. He's mm-hmm. from Houston. Ah, that one hurt. But yeah. the main event did not disappoint. Oh no, that Anunias Pena round two was. Phenomenal. Yeah, we were at the Roo Pub watching it. Things uh, got dicey. <laughs> yeah. It was a long day watching all those fights, including the prelims. <laughs> yeah. Now, that fight was fantastic. Nunez dominated start to finish. And what really surprised me is she was beaten on the ground by Pena last time. Yeah. But her game plan was taking Pena to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Pena was ready for all that. Bring the fight to her. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a phenomenal fight. That's going to be a trilogy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The trilogy will happen. The Lioness remains easily one of the best female fighters I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. So, Speaking can't wait for that. some of the best fighters I've ever seen, probably my favorite fighter oh, in the U.S. easily mine, too. The Stylebender. Yep. Israel Adesanya. He is going to defend his middleweight championship title against Pereira in UFC 281. It was announced yesterday on Sports Center, November 12th in New York City. Can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Seeing Izzy fight is must see TV. Oh, it's must see TV. Yeah. He's, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. He, he's bar none my favorite. He's same. Incredible to watch. So, so skilled. And like you said, he's the style bender. And he just, the way he can blend different styles of martial arts are just You just incredible. don't know what to prepare yeah. for because he seamlessly transitions between so many styles within not just a fight, but yeah. just within a, a sequence. Yeah. Like he, he goes from jujitsu to everything yeah. within a matter of seconds yep. and he seamlessly flows them all into one another mm-hmm. and it is it is so pretty to watch yeah it's too. it's yeah it's an art when it comes to izzy for sure and then he catches you sleeping and next thing you know you're on the mat it's just it his style and the way he blends them it, it's sexy he also <laughs> talks a lot of trash and it's hilarious he with his celebrations awesome yeah he's i love izzy so much and Fernando Tati, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow's game, but I'm getting tickets to a missions game because I want to see Fernando Tati. I think it's tomorrow. Is it tomorrow's game? I think it's tomorrow. That's what my friend said. they have the day off Monday, and I don't know if he's just doing one game or two rehab games. Mm -hmm. So I am excited to go see Fernando Tati's play in San Antonio. I'm keeping an eye on Twitter, at Missions Baseball. Because I want to see him fight. Or, <laughs> I want to see him 
Well, I want to see him fight, too. That dude's a monster of a man. <laughs> Short stops ain't supposed to be built like no, that. No, no, no. And by the way, before we get out of here, congratulations to the uh, Trey Mancini. He is off to one heck of a start with the Houston Astros. Don't forget, Rangers mm-hmm. coming up later today, 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock first pitch. For those of y'all that were patient and held in here, 656 ESPN, 656-3776. If you want to go see Kevin Hart out at the AT&T Center on Wednesday, the 10th, join Kevin Hart live in concert here in San Antonio. Be caller number five right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 656 ESPN, 656-3776. For Jack Thompson, I'm James Pledger. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us here on the Saturday Morning Hangover.